0: Welcome to the Connector podcast for female entrepreneurs that are ready to level up personally and professionally. Here at Connector, we believe you are always one connection away from your next life changing opportunity. So buckle on up and join us as we connect you with the most sought after experts who will be sharing their exact strategies and experiences that helped them reach success. We're your hosts, Sam Conaway and Rachel Haig. We are the brains behind Connector, which is not your typical boring pitch fest networking community and we have transformed the lives of over 10,000 women through events, mentorship and of course connections let's dive in can i get a boo yeah <laughs> what is up connectors today we are excited to introduce you to angela gargano angela it is a pleasure to have you on our podcast today how are you i'm good i'm tired but i'm here (laughs) (laughs) tired but we're here did you have a busy morning
1: not a busy morning last week you know i competed on american ninja warrior for the fifth time so (gasps) i'm still in recovery mode but
0: (laughs) please tell them what time you competed at
1: three in the morning Oh, (laughs) what are you guys doing at three in the morning Oh,
0: man. Sitting in a tent waiting to go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're about to get into the deep questions, but what goes through your brain? Like, how do you stay pumped to compete at 3 a.m.? I feel like it's really tough. I feel like I try and actually not get excited
1: too soon because that's the problem. Like, they ship us into the set, and then we're all, like, excited when we get there. So you have to be like, wait, I'm not going till 3 in the morning. So it's really just kind of toning yourself down. And then, like, an hour or two before being, okay, cool. Time to get up.
0: (laughs) Time to look around now. Oh my gosh, I know you can't tell everybody everything of how it went, but what is three words to describe how you feel like it went this time? I feel like this time it was humbling. (laughs) Uh, Humbling, that's Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm super excited to have you on our podcast today. I remember the first time I ran into you at Squatch Fitness. I feel like Squatch is like the best place ever. It's the place where I've made so many connections. It's actually the place where Sam and I met for the first time too. But you were working out in the back. You set up your phone. You were filming. You were like doing pull-ups. And I was like, she's a badass. (laughs) And I looked at you and I was like, am I in your way? Am I in the background of your video? I know it's so awkward to film sometimes at gyms. And so when I saw you filming, I was like, okay, one, we could be friends, but two, I don't want to be in her way. (laughs) After that, we've connected. You've come and spoke on our stages at our conference you are just an incredible badass, so I'm excited to just pick your brain today.
1: I'm pumped. I'm excited for
0: it. I feel like the gym is the best place to meet best friends.
1: Be- yeah, best, best friends, even like major connections. Mm-hmm. When people are actually in the spot where you're just, that's, I mean, that's where you go. That's where you are a little bit vulnerable, right, when you're working out. I feel like you can make deeper connections with people that you're actually looking to like actually connect with on a further level.
0: Yeah, and good thing that you basically live there. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. We're going to dive straight into the questions. I know you have been interviewed in a ton of different podcasts. You've been on a ton of different outlets, worked with a ton of different brands. But today we want to kind of switch those gears and talk more about the behind the scenes and the business side of everything. So you've competed on Ninja Warrior five times now, launched your own gym, launched various different online programs and subscription memberships, and now have an entire social media hang challenge movement going on. You've really had your foot in both online and in personal sides of entrepreneurship and seen huge successes. One of the things that we want to talk about on this podcast is the vulnerability side of entrepreneurship. So the behind the scenes and I've heard you say it in other interviews that at one point in time you had to get comfortable sitting in your shit. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that means to you and maybe one time or multiple times along your journey where you feel like you faced those major challenges that maybe felt like a setback and you had to sit in your shit?
1: I feel like there's been so many setbacks on the journey and I feel like it never gets easier. Even now, even now, like after doing all the stuff that I've done and people look at me and be like, wow, you're so established in all these things. I still have these moments of being like, what the hell am I doing (laughs) and what is happening and having those moments to really sit there and be like, okay, like this is, I think I always have to really come back to my purpose and why I'm doing it so that I keep continuing on. A lot of people make it sound really like sexy to be an entrepreneur. It's hard. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of people do not do it and a lot of businesses do fail. So you really have to get comfortable with failing. I think what sets me apart from a lot of other entrepreneurs, and you guys are the same as well, is that I didn't give up when it got really hard. Like, yes, I sat there. I might've had my moment, whatever, but I decided that I'm going to keep going and I'm just going to figure it out. Like no one's coming to save me and you got to figure it out no matter what. And you will. And sometimes it's in that moment that the bigger ideas come out of that, right? It would be easy for everything just to go your way and go correct. But maybe the universe has a way bigger plan for you that you just didn't realize in the first place. Maybe you needed that moment to to really figure it out. And I think for me it started obviously with, you know, I was a biochemist. I was getting steady jobs, steady pay, steady everything, doing what everybody wanted me to do, and then I really wanted to open my own gym and I really wanted to help people in that way, completely opposite from what I was doing. So I had to go in, quit that job, and at that point I actually tried to set myself up for success. I saved up at least three or four months of rent because I wanted to make sure that when I did make that transition, I wasn't going to get stuck and be like, wait, I don't have any money. And that's something people don't like to talk about either. You need to have money to go for these dreams, unfortunately. like You can't just decide that you're going to do it. And then what happens is if you you don't have that money to make sure you have that breathing room to create whatever you're trying to create, you're going to have issues later on because you're going to have to be doing all these other things to make sure that you can just eat, put food on the table, sleep, And it may not be like saving money like that. It might be you're going to live with your parents again for a little while. Like No big deal. Like Go go live on couches. Go do what you have to do. But again, not glamorous, not a sexy whatever. So I saved up. So luckily, I had that. And then when it came to opening up my gym, I remember first I started at a gymnastics studio. And I remember I was teaching gymnastics during the day. And at night, I'd be like, okay, cool. Let me teach the parents, teach the parents how to get stronger just like their kids. So I had a great connection there. But for my bootcamp classes, there at first, I mean, nobody was showing up. The first couple months when I left, I literally think I had five months where one person showed up. Oh. And if he's listening now, Ray McKay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: shout out—the only
1: guy who showed up to my classes. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, what am I gonna do? Like, nobody else is. Sh- and the class is like fifteen dollars. So in my mind, I'm like, why is people not showing up? It's not that expensive. And people be like, oh, I just don't have the money or the time. I'm like, it's fifteen dollars. <laughs> like, like what the hell? So. I was definitely really scared for a while because I'm like, how am I going to sustain this? I have the money right now, but when the money runs out, what am I going to do? I decided I was going to keep showing up. I'm going to give it some more time. And eventually, Ray invited a friend. That friend invited a friend. And then all of a sudden, I remember this is now after months of being like, what am I doing? I had a ton of people starting to show up. But it's because I really took the time with that one person and I really transformed their lives that then they trickled down. So Making sure that even if you are not at the place that you want, maybe you're doing a group program online, you get one person, do a really damn good job with that person. Mm -hmm. Don't be like, oh, well, I wish I had like three other people. No, do a good ass job with that person because you don't know what that's going to turn into. More and more people started coming and then it was obviously like, what's the next step? I'm like, obviously, I got to open up my own gym. (laughs) That's just like what you're supposed to do. No idea that what I was turning into, like what I was doing, was creating a business. I didn't know that's what I was doing at all. At the like, when I was trying to, you know, do all this stuff and bring people in, and then got my own space, which was a whole other thing. I, at that time, I really didn't have a lot of money saved up or anything. I was just like, screw it. I'm going to figure it out. Like, and I think that's a big piece again of why I have done all these things. I just went for it. Like, I just went for it, even though I had no idea what I was doing. I know a lot of people wait and they want to like ask quite well. I don't really know how to do that yet. Yeah, no, we don't know. None of us know how to do what we're doing right now.
0: Build the plane
1: while you fly. You just go. You just do. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have to figure it out as you go. Got the gym. Again, I didn't know a lot of things that I needed to know. I didn't know that working with a landlord would be very, very tough. Um, t- landlords can be awful. They could be great and they could be awful. Did Never thought when you hear those like, nightmare stories that that would ever be something I would have to deal with. Definitely had to deal with that. So I had to really put my big girl pants on and come in there as a strong female, and be like, nope, I'm not doing half the things you're saying I need to do. But yeah, so that that gym was fun, but I was not making, like, any money. It was, like, probably, like, now a year and a year and a half into it, I was like, I'm here all the time. I am washing the floors, cleaning the toilets, setting everything up, hiring a few different people who aren't paying me. They're supposed to be paying me, but they're not. It's like It turned into, like, so many other things That I honestly just did not enjoy doing. Like I enjoyed being with the people. I did not enjoy the fact that I had to do all that other stuff. And I had to really sit down and be like, is this actually what I want to be doing? So like now I'm like, can I pivot again? Like I literally went from biochem. Like am I allowed to? You know, you start to think like after you do one pivot, major pivot, you're like, all right, that's it now. But I was like, can I close this down? (laughs) Like is this going to be a possible thing? So I went up closing down the gym. Um, that was after I tore my ACL on American Ninja Warrior, which is a whole other story. Um, but tore my ACL, realized that like I did not want to have this physical gym that I was a part of. I mean, and I looked back as like I think I was like 27. I'm like I'm 27 years old. I was like, I got some time. Like whatever, if I want to come back to this, I can. That was really tough having to cl- shut that all down, and also I was also feeling like a failure at that point because I'm like, I just did all this stuff. Everyone's looking up to me, and I'm like, no, like not happy. And then. I had to go live with my my my, my dad in his basement <laughs> for a little while because I didn't have that like, overhead, that extra money saved up that I did before. So now I'm starting from legit zero and basically negative because the gym cost me money. Even when I sold everything after that, I didn't have a lot of money left. And then, yeah, going back from zero again. So if you think about it, like the story basically has you going from zero to zero again. <laughs> but what I did grab from all that stuff was a lot of experience. And I think that's really important to say. I learned working with people in person. I mean, I worked with people from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. at night. I learned all the hard stuff with business that no one tells you about. So the learning process, even if you come out negative money-wise, at least I came out with a lot of knowledge that I could use for whatever the next piece of my journey was. Didn't feel like it then. Then it just felt like, oh my God, I'm sitting here, I have like no money. Like I'm like my parents were right. They're right. Don't open you should have never opened a gym. You should have never been an entrepreneur. So I sit there like thinking about all those things. And yeah, and then I wound up going to New York City and I said to myself, I'm gonna train with the best people and be in the room with the best people in the world. I'm just gonna figure it out. So I would train in at like four or five in the morning. I remember being so excited to my first train ride into the city. I'm like, I'm on a train, eating, <laughs> you know, this is so great. I'm like, I have no money, it's fine, we'll <laughs> figure it out. And I started just going to different classes at the gyms that I knew the best, the best people went to.
0: So I wanna get to this story. I know where you're headed. Mm-hmm. I've heard this story before. But I want to go back to the moment in which you launched your gym and those struggles that you were facing right right there. Because oftentimes we see on social media these entrepreneurs that it seems like they have this overnight success. They have this business that's booming. They have social media following. They're popping off. They have raving fans. And what isn't seen is all the pivots, the hardships, the failures, the lessons that they had to get through to then be where they're at now. And it sounds like you went through a crazy story, a crazy journey. I mean, you don't have a gym anymore. We're going to get to that. (laughs) Uh, You had to close it down. But I want to go through like the deeper side of the emotions you were feeling during this time. So you tore your ACL. You uh, had to shut down your gym. You had to do what every entrepreneur is terrified of happening and move back in with your family and you After know? you've created success for yourself, yes, yeah, like that ego hit. You're just on TV and you're I'm like, "I'm like, actually living like, <laughs> <laughs> What were you feeling, em- emotion wise, mentally during that time? What was what was the deep hard hard shit you were going through? The shit you were sitting in? Yeah, mentally, I felt like I everything I
1: identified as. So, me identifying as a successful career with Ninja Warrior, as a business owner, as an athlete. When I tore my ACL, when I realized I didn't want to do all those things, when I realized I wasn't where I wanted to be, it was like, what am I? I didn't feel good enough, honestly. Like I didn't, I didn't want to show up for anybody because I'm supposed to be like this strong person. And I didn't want to show up for them and show them that I was hurting, that I was really. And I think that's really tough with being an entrepreneur because you're a leader. You're a leader, people are looking at you, and you don't want people to see that you are struggling, like you are struggling super hard. So that was really tough for me. I did not want to leave my house. I always had the smile on and this front on, but in the inside, I was dying. Like, I'd go home, and I would just, in my head, be, like, ripping myself apart. And I didn't know what to do for a while. And my close friends could tell. They could tell that, like, I was not okay, like, just from the way I was acting. I didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't want to see anybody. I was really – I would really just kind of do my work, go home, like, whatever. And – I at one point from that whole situation definitely basically became suicidal. Like I was like, I do not want to live anymore. I was like, who am I? I'm failing. Like I felt like I failed everybody around me. And you know, I remember having those thoughts and just being like, I'm really having these thoughts right now. Like this is this is actually happening. Like I I like after everyone seeing all this stuff, this outside version of me, but in the inside, like I don't want to be here. And I remember thinking about like all those movie stars you see who think you think they have it so perfect in their life and everything they're doing and that they're just hurting on the inside. And I luckily had a mentor come up to me and say, you know, it's okay. I see that you're stuck. I'm seeing that you're like struggling. I know you're not showing anybody, but I see it. Like I see that you're not okay right now. She's like, it's okay to feel all those things. You're, It's like, you validated my feelings of feeling like worthless at that point, basically. She's like, you can feel that, but let's not get stuck in that situation. Like let's not get stuck there. For some reason she said that and it clicked to me. And although I still was really upset, I was like, all right, what can I do to change this narrative? What can I do to change... What's going on in my head right now and also you know I'm more than just all those things I'm more than an athlete I'm more than a business owner I'm more than all those things and that moment really made me discover my real self and what actually mattered Yes, all the success and business stuff like that matters but no matter what you're doing business, you're a mom you're more than just that you are so much more than that so what I had to do to figure that out was I had to go back to okay cool what am I missing now that all that's gone why? Am I having these thoughts and what can I do to reframe this? And it was really my mental state. So what can I do for my brain to help me like start to change those thoughts? And it literally started with journaling. I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to journal out everything I'm feeling because I felt like bad for feeling what I was feeling. Like I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling that way. I'm telling all these people to be positive and I don't feel that way. So the the, the notebook was a great place to just put all those thoughts the bad ones, the good ones, whatever I had, I can put it on there and no one's going to judge me. Just getting it out on the paper and out of my brain and looking at it. So I wrote whatever I needed to write. And then I started writing out, obviously, gratitude. What am I grateful for? What do I have that a lot of people do not have right now? And that really started helping me. But it didn't happen overnight with that. I had to do that every single day and make that a priority for myself. And then after a while, I sort of noticed that I felt a little bit better, like a little bit better each time I started writing it. And then I could tell that, you know, I was a little bit less anxious with certain things. I was a little less like ugh, like reactive with certain things just because I was showing up and doing that on the journaling. Then I decided to sit with myself mentally and do meditation, sit down and we just sit down in silence and just be with myself for a little bit. And that seemed to me at first, it seemed super stupid. <laughs> I'm like, this is so dumb. I'm going to need to sit down and I'm going to like just... You know, listen to the world, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was literally me. Like two years ago. If you would have told me to meditate, I'd be like, absolutely, (laughs) this is doing nothing for me. Like, this is not changing anything. (laughs) I'm just sitting here. (laughs)
1: Um, so yeah, I started meditating and that became my practice. It became meditation and journaling, those two things mainly. I started doing that to kind of really discover who I was and to really start to say to myself, okay, I'm more than just all those things. I'm more, but what anybody else thought of me did not matter, and that's what I didn't, I guess, realize at the time. It's what I thought of myself, because no matter where you are, if you're doing being real, if you're really successful, or if you're in your shit, you have to love yourself. And that sounds like really woo wooey and whatever, but you really you do. At the end of the day, no matter where you're at, all that other stuff does not actually matter.
0: Definitely. Okay, so a question that I have because one thing I really love about the way that you show up online is you're real, you're raw, you're vulnerable, you show people the behind the scenes now. When did that shift? Because it sounds like to me, there was a time where you're kind of trying to put on this face, like, everything's perfect. I'm a ninja warrior. I'm not struggling. I'm not upset. Um, when did that shift where you actually were comfortable with just sharing everything, the whole behind the scenes online? I think it really shifted when I did tear my
1: ACL. And then I started to share me working out and my journey coming back from that injury, and what I had realized is that when I'm posting myself sitting there doing bicep curls with my brace on, or like you know doing pull ups with my brace on, people would message me and be like, "Wow, I see that you're doing that, and because of that, you show like you're showing up. I'm going to show up for myself as well." And then when I saw that, wow, people are relating. People are also struggling right now, and that is relatable, and that's helping them. I realized that the injury, the stuff I was going through was more than just about me. Mm. It was about, wow, I actually have an opportunity right now to help other people because everybody's going through something, whether it be the ACL tear, maybe it's a car accident, maybe they you know, got broken up with, whatever it is. So I started to realize that the more I actually show my authentic self, the more relatable I am, the more people actually do want to work with me. 'Cause they're like, oh wow, she's showing literally life. Like this is literally what, what is happening in life. And I think for so long as we grow up, and maybe it's just the way I was raised and my parents, like they never wanted us anyone to see that, even when we have family issues. Like they were like, You hide that. Like you hide that. No one sees <laughs> that. Don't talk about it. Don't ever talk about that. Me and your dad were fighting. I still get that now. Oh like, yes. in the middle of like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in the middle of like writing this book and, and my mom first thing she said to me, I okay, guess she's gonna hate me right now, but she first <laughs> thing first thing she said to me was Don't you dare put anything about what happened when you grew up. Uh And I think that's why you want to hide it. But in reality, a lot of people had gone through that stuff. So I wanted to hide it. But what I realized is as I shared my vulnerability, that became a huge piece of my message. And that's why people started to work with me because of that. Not because I was perfect. They don't like being perfect is great, but that's not what the real life is.
0: So I can, I mean, Rachel and I, 100% relate on everything that you're saying. And so I can believe that all listeners are doing the exact same thing too, because it's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary, especially if you're programmed from such a young age, which, you know, nothing against our parents, nothing against that generation. They did the best they can with the information that they knew. But one of the reasons for Connector is because we know leading with vulnerability is the biggest way you can build genuine, real connections. Not just one-on-one, but actually with your audience, which is exactly what you did. You were able to show who actually am I, what's behind the scenes look like, what's the pain points, what's the struggles look like. When we leave our egos at the door, that's when we can walk in and just be authentically fully ourselves. And I feel as though when you showed up fully authentic to who you were, you started to attract your tribe. You start to attract the people that are like, I'm with you on this. I want to be a part of your movement. I want to be a part of whatever you're teaching because I can understand that your energy that you're putting out right now is something that is real and is genuine. And sometimes we don't see that a lot through social media. And I, I personally feel as though when you put that out there, energetically, people can feel that. People can feel real authenticity. And that's really cool that you're able to share with us and everybody else that Uh, That's something that you were able to do. And I want to circle back to pivots. Mm -hmm. Because I know you've gone through a lot of them. And I feel as though you're not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel and I's competitive advantage, but also sometimes feels like a detriment, (laughs) is our pivoting. And giving yourself permission to let go of it's almost like a, like a grieving process, absolutely, right? Because you, you put so much time, so much energy. It's like even a relationship. You put so much time, so much energy into getting to know someone, into making something happen or making your business happen that when you're ready to kind of cut ties with it and move to something that you feel could be better, it's hard. It's hard to let go of that entire future that you envisioned. So how do you give yourself permission or what does that process mentally look like For you to say no to one thing that you've put so much energy into and transition that into I'm going to start this now. I think that's tough because I think
1: sometimes people pivot too soon Mm -hmm. because it's obviously going to be hard, whatever it is that you're doing, and then you're going to want to pivot. When do
0: I grit? When do I quit? Yeah, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that you need to give whatever it is that you're doing a good chance. Some people, someone told me like the rule of thumb is like two years. I didn't even know that was like on purpose. So that's basically what's been happening in my business is basically like give it like the good two years of all in of what you need to do. But when I really knew I needed to pivot with like all the stuff with my business, whether it be my gym or turning down my membership and stuff like that is when I literally was dreading showing up for it. Like I was dreading it. I was like, I don't want to show up for this. I literally like, I'm I'm hating it right now. I feel like I felt like I was literally that girl back in the biochemistry lab, like. And I'm like, that's not why I started this. I started this so that I could have freedom. I started this so that I can like feel a certain way. And maybe I didn't get it completely right the first time. And I think learning when you are gonna pivot, like I said, trying to take those lessons you learned from whatever it is you just did. And then using that for whatever you do next. I've learned every single time now what I like, what I don't like, and that I'm in control. I'm in control of what my life is going to look like. Yeah. And that's that's really the main thing. You're in control. If you're in something right now and you feel out of control with it, you got to come back to you are in control. If that's not what you want it to look like, you can change it. Because we basically have control of our destiny, whatever we want, whatever we want it to be so but pivoting I definitely think give it the time it needs you really need to make sure you do that and then if you are if you're like okay I really do need I, I needed to make this change do it just go for it make that change quick don't don't think that anyone's gonna care either that's the other thing when I shut down the gym the first thing I thought to myself was these people are gonna hate me they're gonna hate me I created this whole community and now I'm like peace out like <laughs> bye like see you later They literally do not care. I made sure they were completely set up for other gyms and that they had whatever they needed. They still support me to this day. I still text a lot of them. They do not think anything of it. And the same thing happened when I had to shut down my membership. I'm like, these people are literally going to hate me. And you know what? They just respected me. And they get over it. (laughs) (laughs) They honestly do. You know, they move Move on. on. They move on. You know what I mean? You're invested. You're so invested in it. But if you're, if you're doing like some kind of company stuff, they do, they move on and they don't even think about it as much as you're probably thinking about it. So if you need to pivot, do it
0: sometimes a business our business is like our main focus we're in it that's our life but we forget that our business is a small section Mm -hmm. of our clients lives and so when we shut down something or we pivot we feel like this is gonna rock their whole world (laughs) but we're rocking only 30 minutes of their fitness routine (laughs) Um, okay I want to switch gears a little bit but still talking about pivots because it sounds to me that with every pivot came a mass amount of self-love, a mass amount of giving yourself grace, taking in the lessons, becoming a better version of yourself, and then moving into this new opportunity and being able to go all in on it. And a big piece of that is self-love. And so one of the things that started your fitness career was bodybuilding competitions. And Sam and I have actually done bodybuilding competitions ourselves. We won the exact same title <laughs> two different years in a row. Wore the exact same pe- bikini color. Like I was blonde, blonde hand. If it's you put our creepy. pictures next it's to creepy. each other, like we look like the same person. <laughs> cre- we didn't even know each other. It's so freaking creepy. But so you were doing all the cool flips and tricks on stage. We were not doing that. I was my only goal on stage was don't break an ankle in these heels and make sure your butt doesn't jiggle. Um, but anyway, you were doing some big moves in that, in the fitness competition space. And in that space, it's really focused on judging your body. You're literally on stage and these judges, these people, these old men that have been in bodybuilding for years are judging your body. And then you pivoted to Ninja Warrior, which is a space that's completely different. It doesn't matter what you look like. It matters how strong you are, what your agility looks like, what your cardio looks like, like all of those things. And so I feel like there was some self-love things. There was some mindset shifts around, you know, re-falling in love with yourself, all the different things. What was that mentally like on you with those pivots?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like, thank goodness, honestly, for the fitness world. I feel like you might see a lot of entrepreneurs who've been through the fitness world. Like Mm -hmm. some of the people I look up to, they're all like, yep,
0: I did that. Like, (laughs) I did fitness competition. every entrepreneur I meet normally started in the fitness world or that's where they met their first mentor or that's absolutely yeah that so i at the gym. i actually before even doing that like
1: i hated my body so much i would mm. literally just hide cuz i i'm muscular and that's like was not has not been in until like recently i feel like like strong is cool now it was not cool like for a while yeah. it's all about being really lean really tall mm. so i would actually hide my body all the time when i was growing up they'd call me mangela i had cool. to put yeah, I was hiding in a sweatshirt. I w- I left home. I left school multiple times crying. Like, and I remember the teachers being like, We love your arms. You look so good. And I'm like, I hate them. They're just making fun of me all the time. So to do fitness competitions was completely outside my comfort zone originally because I didn't want anyone to see my body and I hit it. And again, growing up, same thing. My mom was like, Cover yourself. You always gotta cover yourself, whatever. So I'm like, okay. So when they gave me this little bikini. <laughs> and some, they like, you're going to get your shoes at the stripper store. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm like, um, like I'm a really good kid. and like, I'm like, this is not like anything that I would ever do. But why I'm so happy that I did do it is because that is where I met my mentor. And it was mm-hmm. this woman, Kathy Savage. She was like, she just Savage. That is Kathy a Savage. badass name. I love her so much. I still talk to her now. She literally just believed in me. I went into her office and she was like, you can do this. You're, I'm going to sponsor you. You're going to do this. these competitions. You're going to flip around. We're going to give you a routine. It's going to be great. And I, I've never had somebody so much be like so believing me that I started to believe in myself a little bit more mm-hmm. for different things and even my body. And then we would go in every Sunday and do those posing. And we'd all be in our bikinis with their heels. I was struggling. But there's women of all different ages in there. And that's when I started to become really confident, more confident, honestly, in my body. Walking in those heels on stage, if you can do that, you can walk into an interview. Like anything's easy after (laughs) that. Like so turn around, look at your – you know what I mean? There's just something about fitness competitions that really helped me step outside that next comfort piece that I needed to become who I knew I wanted to be. So, so happy I did it. Did it for years. And then, yeah, it started to become a little bit more excessive later on. So I'm so happy I did it because I got the confidence. But then towards the end, it was like I feel like I'm barely eating. I do feel like it's all about my body. I was feeling really tired. And that's when I definitely, you know, was like, I'm ready to shift into something else, which accidentally became Ninja Warrior.
0: Accidentally became Ninja Warrior. Yeah. In 30 seconds, can you summarize how you accidentally got on the show? Yeah.
1: I mean, somebody, <laughs> my, my, my other mentor for fitness competitions was trying out for us, helping her make a video. And my friend was like, you need to try out for this. But that time, again, very humble, like, no, I don't want to get in her way. Like, I can't do that. Like, I, I can't step on her toes. My friend was like, you need to do this. Like, just put in a video. Believe in yourself. Again, more people pushing you to do things Mm -hmm. that they see in you that you don't see in yourself. So I put a video in and I wound up getting on. Like, I found out, like, maybe months later, I forgot about it. And I was like, shit, got to learn how to ninja.
0: (laughs) Got to learn how to ninja. (laughs) (laughs) What do I, ninja? (laughs) Real real quick, Uh, I think that's power to proximity, too. It sounds like you have a really good circle around you. And it sounds like people that, like, truly see you, see your strengths and believe in you. And I feel like that is the number one thing that people need. They need someone in their corner rooting them on saying you can do bigger things because you're either going to get brought up, you're going to get drugged down by the people that you surround yourself with. And I know that this is not the first time people are hearing me say this or somebody say this. You are the five people that you surround yourself with. And because you surrounded yourself with people that wanted to push you, you became a five time. American Ninja Warrior. Okay. Yeah. And, and that
1: happened multiple times in my life, too. Certain clients, too, when I was trying out for this woman's health competition, I'm like, no one's going to want to take me. I'm this girl from Rhode Island. She's like, just submit. And she bothered me every freaking week until I sent the thing in. And then I wind up getting <laughs> That's it. Awesome. And it's wild. But yeah, you need that. And it's so funny. A lot of times it's somebody you don't really expect. Like, you're not. It, maybe the person you're looking up to isn't really giving you that that push you need. It's like, A lot of times it's these other people. Yeah. that you kind of maybe overlook a little bit. And they're the ones in your corner who are constantly pushing you and constantly looking out. And you don't know why, but like you're like, that, those are my people. Those are my people. You, it's like every single journey I've been on, I've always grabbed a couple people. Like like there's, there's people that I'm still acquaintances with and stuff like that. But there's a few people that I forever, well, if they called me, like I would help them because they, they helped me push through so many times. But yeah, so I feel like, yeah, Ninja Warrior switched over to that. And what I started to realize is that I can focus on just getting stronger and doing these awesome obstacles. And it didn't have to be as obsessive about what my body looked like. Also, my body looked way better when I stopped obsessing over it, when I was just focusing on strength and getting stronger. And that's really where my company started to come to life. It was strong feels good, like strong looks good, but it feels even better. So if you focus on actually working on getting stronger, you're going to feel really good. And then you're going to look good because you're going to feel good <laughs> at the end of the day. Like good the whole ended, yeah. If you're constantly in the mirror just ripping yourself apart, you're like, oh, like, I'm not lean here. Oh, I got a muffin top here. Oh, my God. Like, like all that stuff. You're never going to be happy. So we always say that, like, one saying, like, abs won't make you happy. And I have so many clients who are like, yes, they will. I'm like, I bet you
0: they won't. You know, when you <laughs> say <gonna> that. You're going to be hungry. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't want that muffin. <laughs> you're going to be hangry. Um, but haps aren't going to make you happy because if you're not happy with where you're at right now in your body, you're not going to be happy with anything else. And that's why a lot of my programs stem from now. And again, this shows the evolution basically that I went through myself. It was like, if you focus on getting stronger, I promise you, you're going to look and feel good. Like you will, if you don't focus on any of that stuff.
0: Can you go a little deeper into how your body image played a role in the confidence in your business? Yeah. I mean, I
1: definitely feel like you can kind of see from what we've been talking about, it evolved was becoming more confident in my body and what I was feeling like myself. I was able to put that off into the world. And I was able to, I shared that story too. So I would share that vulnerability and that story with people and they'd be like, wow, actually, Mm -hmm. maybe they're like, maybe it is time for me to look at this a little differently. And I think that's what really helped because when I would share my story and be like, okay, cool. I remember when I wanted to be 115 pounds, there's a picture of me literally like drinking beer and like not looking great or feeling good, but I'm 115 pounds. There's a picture of me 126 pounds. I look way better, healthier. I'm eating better. I was like, look at that here. Look at this difference. And that's because I was focusing on becoming stronger instead of focusing on a weight or any of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that by going through that and sharing that, I can, again, relate to my clients that I'm speaking to right now Mm -hmm. because they're feeling exactly the way I was feeling. And they're over it. Most people are over it too. They're over like, okay, I'm going to go get a bikini body. Like, okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to go back on that timeline. So you move back in with your family. You shut down your gym, which is something you worked so hard on for a really long time. You had these massive pivots. You were learning a ton about yourself. You then went to New York. So, you went from this small girl in Ro- Rhode Island that got on Ninja to now this big, crazy, fast paced city. And this is around the time, from my understanding, that you started working with a lot of big companies. I mean, you were working with Under Armour, you were working with Women's Health Magazine, Pop Sugar. And from that time base, you were also training a lot of celebrities. So where did you start to put yourself in these rooms and find this community and find these connections and nurture them? Yeah. So the beauty of social media
1: (laughs) (laughs) is that you're on there and you're looking at the people that you aspire to be. Mm -hmm. I look on my Instagram and I was like, I want to be like that person. I I love what they're doing. It just seems like that's where I want to go next. So I basically put myself in the room. I would pay for the classes. I would go to the classes. At that time, it was in New York City. It was in Solace. If you go to Solace, Solace is where everybody was at. The 10 a.m. class, I don't remember if it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it is. I knew everyone was going to be in that room. So I literally just went and worked out. I didn't ask for anything. I didn't look. I just literally worked out with these people. I would find out who they were later on. But I knew or or I would know them and say I didn't know them. Like I'd go in and be
0: like, yeah, <laughs> strategy
1: there. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't know them. Um, I just kept putting myself in those. I mean, I would sometimes work out three times a day, which is super unhealthy. Don't do that. I was literally just work, <laughs> I was going to all the workouts to meet people. Networking. Yeah, I was literally just networking. And then sometimes it would be like, oh, cool. We all did the class. Oh, you guys want to go grab some coffee? A bunch of us got coffee. And it slowly started to evolve. And then people started noticing me somehow. When I started working at this gym in the city, called performance house that's where a lot of the celebs and stuff like that i mean all that stuff i did was for free think mm. that's very important to, to add there living in the basement and i'm doing all of this for free i'm meeting all the people for free and it was just so i can get my foot in the door and the more i would talk to these people because at the end of the day these celebs and people you're working with they are real people the more you had a real connection with them the more once in a while they would be like oh wait like you're training me for free like what are you working on? Like, is there anything, any way I can support you? And I'd be like, well, I'm trying to do the X, Y, and Z. Oh, actually, I know the head of Pop Sugar. I'll connect you via email. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, all this stuff would happen. But that was after I was doing that constantly again for free, just putting myself in the room. And at the end of the day, just being a good person. I mean, that sounds such, like such a wild thing to say. But literally, if you're just a good person <laughs> to the people that you're trying to have help you and you were literally showing up for them, it eventually will it will go tenfold for you.
0: One of the biggest, uh, that is so important to note because one of the biggest things of like being a connector or being someone that you know builds real relationships is going in it without expecting anything in return. You went in, you did all of this free work, you were just offering value after value after value after value with a genuine heart, genuinely wanting to help people get to know them and connect with them and see where it goes but not expecting anything. And then opportunities and like doors just started opening because I feel like building those real authentic connections is really leading with that value. And that's exactly what you presented. So I feel like that's really important to note on. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. And again, not on
1: purpose. I didn't know this was at all what I was <laughs> doing.
0: <laughs> so you're sitting there being like, oh, I'd be like, I had
1: no idea. That's what I, I was like, just like, let me just get in the room with these people. I don't know what is happening and again, I think the biggest piece of it all was realizing that the, everybody is human. If you go in right away and you are looking to get something and you right away message them, can I have this? They're probably not going to give it to you or help you because you're just literally asking for something. You always need to lead with how can I help you? What can I best do to serve you? Or if you, know, you want to get coffee with somebody, go get coffee with them, but don't even ask them for anything there either. Just be like, what can I help you with? What well, you know How can I support you with whatever you're doing right now? And actually genuinely support them. <laughs> Um, and I feel like that's really, really important with all the connections that I made there. But again, I want to say there too. I was still super broke. Like, <laughs> I mean, super I had broke. Struggle, bus. I mean, you can see this all the time on like Instagram and stuff. Again, it looks like everyone's crushing it. They're hanging out with celebs. They're training celebs. But they're super broke. Like, so it's important to know that along the journey. That how just, did you have the confidence? Yeah. What was going on in your mind? I honestly, I'm trying to think. I mean. <laughs> I don't know what kept me going, honestly. What, again, what you didn't see too is like when I would come home on the train at like midnight. Cause I'd get there at like five in the morning, leave at like midnight train, and I like there's a couple times I was sitting in Penn Station just like crying on the floor with the homeless people, and it's like what am I doing?
0: Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, it's I, like I, really tragic no, I, mean,
1: I mean it's true though you're sitting at like you're like if you were ever in New York City you know what I'm talking about you're sitting and waiting for your trains everyone's sitting on the floor waiting it's just like a whole like whole vibe Um, and getting home super late I'm trying to think of like what really just like kept pushing me and I really just think it's like those little snippets of people believing in me that I was just like I'm, I'm meant to do something I know when I was in those rooms I knew I was meant to be there like I just had that feeling I'm like I'm like I'm not meant to be doing what the universe is trying to force me to do right now. The universe is trying to force me to, to give up, but that's not that's, that's not whatever I belong. I just kind of had that feeling inside of me. Some people always ask me. I'm just not really sure. I just, I just always have had this drive where I know for some reason that I'm meant for more. And I feel like that also was when I was younger, when I was with my friends and stuff like that. I'd always be like, oh, when we're superstars, when we're famous, when we're this – Back then I didn't realize that it's more like I wanted to be like a leader, not like necessarily like famous, but I would always like be thinking bigger than a lot of my other friends that I had growing up. They were always just like, Oh, I'm just gonna get a normal job, work nine to five. They just already had that in my head. But I always had this like bigger, yeah. Even when we talked about the conference, when I was like, I wanna be in the circus, like they were not thinking that. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I feel like it was just there's this, this drive inside of me that you just know. You just know when you're meant for more and you have to just keep pushing and
0: not give up um, even when you're sitting in, you know, or in the, with the homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this conversation has transitioned because I feel like there are so many female entrepreneurs, I guess entrepreneurs in general, but I don't talk to that many men out there, um, <laughs> that know they're meant for more. Like that was the thing. Maybe they were a kid. Maybe they were working a nine to five. Maybe they were. there was some moment that hit them in life where they were like, I am meant for more. I'm meant for a next step. But then when they step into that room at a networking event or they go to the gym and they're trying to build relationships or they're trying to make these next level relationships in their life, they don't know where to start and so just that story of finding your true authentic self letting it shine and then just being yourself being there with true genuine human connection maybe life at home is a little whack it's not what you want it to be right now but you were just there to connect and provide value I think there's just so much power in that and it even converts into now people trying to show up on social media like just be your true authentic self connect with your audience like don't post to promote, post to connect, post to be social. That's why it's social media. Um, and you'll find the right people in your c- corner, the community that is there to hype you up, like you've had on this journey the entire way, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Next step I want to transition. So at this point, you're in New York, you're working with celebrities, your bank account is still still not matching it match it you have more instagram followers than your bank account we'll probably just say that yeah Uh, (laughs) definitely what was the next step so right now you have a ton of different programs you transitioned your business more online what did that journey look like
1: yeah so in between when I was doing less up in New York I knew like I had a little bit of money left over and I was like okay what am I gonna do and I noticed when I had gone from, you know, everything with my ACL that I did start to get a following on social media and it was everyone asking me to help them with overcoming their ACL. So I was like, okay, maybe I can take this online somehow and, and do that online. But I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, how do you even train people online? I was always a, like in-person training type of person. So I found somebody who was doing a course online for how to teach online trainers and I purchased it. I think it was like $3,000 at the time. I did not have $3,000. I don't remember how I got that, but I figured it out. Um, So it was like $3,000. You come in, you go to, you know, go meet weekly mastermind calls. And then she has like a whole course built out on like how to do that. So I literally, since I had nothing else to do in the middle of it, I was like, might as well just do this entire course. Um, That's where she taught me how to like share on stories and to basically provide education for people. So I know people would sometimes come up to me and be like, you're sharing all this education on social media. Like I'm, like, why are you just like talking so much? I'm like, well, you're not my client. So, whatever. <laughs> like, why are um, you
0: talking so much? Yeah. And
1: I'm like, well, clearly it's not for you. So you can like unfollow me. I don't know. Because um, I would talk about basic stuff, you know, but you have like your other people, like your peers yeah. watching you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, anyways, so I. Um, went through all of that, that course. And then I literally, again, I didn't have a massive following. then. I think I maybe had just hit 10k followers. And I just, and your following was still higher than your bank account. Yeah. Still higher. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, but what's crazy is like, if I think about this now, like then I, you know, I just started like putting like an application, I didn't have a website or anything. It was literally just one of those like type form things. It was just like, fill out this application to work, to, to work with me. And I just, like, pulled it out of my asshole. I honestly didn't <laughs> know what I was making. It wasn't put together. But um, I got, like, Works. five women. Yeah, five women to train with. They paid, I think, like, it was, like, $1,200 at the time to work with me. And that, like, kind of held me over. Um, and then I already saw, like, oh, wow, I don't have a giant following. And I was able to get these five women to, to purchase this. And, like, there's definitely much more opportunity online to help them. And then I just, like, built it out as I went. Because it's really I think that was really important too. Like I built it out for them as I went because I didn't really know what I was going to do. But I knew I was a good trainer. I knew that. I knew I knew my shit and I'm a good trainer. So I just kind of guided them. And then that started to evolve, evolve into women wanting their pull up. Um, And that's when I went all in on that instead. I was like, you know what? I was like, I've been helping a lot of these women get their pull ups. I was like, a lot of people keep asking me for their pull-up. I was like, that's what I'm going to go all in on. And that's cool because that set me apart from half of the trainers that were around. Every other trainer was like, oh, I'm going to help you get your bikini body. I'm going to help you this. I was like, okay, I'm going to help you get a freaking pull-up. Like, let's go.
0: I love that. Really quick, two key points. I just want the listeners to like let this (laughs) soak in. Two key points. Take messy action. Like you didn't have it all figured out before you launched your business you were building the plane while you were flying it. You are taking mess- messy action. And the second thing is you don't need a large following to kick off your business or to get your first clients or provide value to the people that you want to serve. I think those are just two really important people. You don't
1: realize who, who is watching you. So maybe they're not, like, interacting and, like, commenting or whatever on you. Maybe they're not I even mean, liking, like, half of your stuff, but they're watching you.
0: Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, yeah. kind of
1: creepy, but they are. Like, they're, they're, like, oh, they're invested in you. They're not I'm even thinking anything. always Yeah.
0: They're, they're, you,
1: don't, you don't realize who's actually, who you're actually <laughs> impacting. So a lot of these people who applied were people who weren't, like, commenting on any of my stuff. Like, I had no idea, like, who they were and that they were, like, oh, I watched your whole entire journey on Ninja Warrior. Like, oh, fuck, I didn't know <laughs> (laughs) I had no idea that you knew that. So yeah, you don't need. And also, the whole—I literally just put it. I still do this now. I have a website now, but like, I literally just use that type form. Like, Mm -hmm. all the people who come in for my one-on-one clients right now are literally just filling out that type form. They're not even going on a website. So you don't really need
0: anything. (laughs) All the perfectionists
1: listening right now are like, (laughs) what?
0: You don't, and you really don't want
1: to build that website right away because you might pivot, right? You might pivot, then you're going to rebuild that website three times. Like, no.
0: So for me, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a perfectionist, but one of the reasons that I wasn't taking messy action was because there was actually so much underlying fear that if I put something out there, what if it comp- like everybody says no? So I would just start building and building and building and building and never put it out there. Or I'd do like a tiny little launch and like get nobody. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, failed.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, if you, if you put out your thing for one day and you're like, apply to work with me. And that's it. And you're like, no one game. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, well, you need to do that every single day because literally people probably didn't see it. Cause like you said, they're doing their own life thing right now and they probably didn't even see that you posted it out there. But Did for sure. Did you have any programs that just flopped? Oh, absolutely. I had um this one I called dominate that was like just like dominate. You, dominate. <laughs> it's like this, it's like this do-it-yourself program. And what? I was like, this is gonna do so good. I made the program all beforehand, whatever, literally zero. I remember like posting and being like, You know, nobody wants to dominate. Well, I've got. got, (laughs) I was like, I've got. I'm like, yeah, I've got so many people in this already.
0: Who else wants it? Like, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just just, like saying
1: it. Although it's like. We got five spots left but there's literally like no one in it <laughs> like
0: <laughs> low-key like first events rachel and i were like putting out there we're like it's almost so all- no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like one person uh, yeah, and you're like shit like this is crazy yeah i have but- to fly my mom in <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: whereas what's funny is my other programs later on where like i made core revolution which is to help people like get a stronger core i did never i did not make it at all i was like i'm just gonna throw out a feeler and i had them pay 30, I think it was like 30 bucks or whatever. And then like 400 people bought it. And I was like, fuck, I got to make this in 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> Some real motivation. No. Right. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to figure it out. Let's go. And I built that with them too. I mean, still, still people have done that program are still with me right now. And they remember me building it out with them, which was better because I saw every single week what they need. Like, okay, that didn't work. We got to change that. You're
0: able to listen to your client and really not build what you think they need, build what they need they'll tell you
1: they'll literally be like oh my god my wrist hurts so bad on all these exercises and you're like shit okay we're gonna get off our wrist a little more for next week you know what I mean like certain things like that but yeah I definitely am a messy action taker I just do it I just go full send and it works
0: it works the best that it probably could for you definitely (laughs) definitely has worked being messy okay so you balance a lot of different things first of all your journey is very similar not similar but Similar to other entrepreneurs that I hear where it's like when you first started out, you were never like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You were like, I have this one thing. I know I'm meant for more. I'm really passionate about fitness. This has changed my life and I want to change other people's lives. And then boom, you're doing all the back end in the business and trying to figure it out, messy action, but you're doing what you absolutely love. And through this time, you've been able to create a ton of success for yourself. You've, of course, been on Ninja Warrior. You've done that type of media side of things. Um, you've built multiple different programs, Messy Action. You've launched subscriptions. You've launched programs. You've done in-person events. You've done speaking opportunities. You've done online business. Woo, what a woman. <laughs> um, when did <laughs> listen to you? <laughs> you've done all of this, but you've still balanced the back end of business, building the programs, Messy Action, and the front end of posting on social media and having that personal brand, what would you say are the top three things or the core things that you do to find that balance and still share an authentic journey?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a huge piece of it. People are, I think that for me, it's become a habit posting. Mm -hmm. Like I basically post every single day and I have been since I was actually looking the other day since like 2014. So like I, it's kind of just like built in me to just kind of to post as I go yeah, I just think I literally it's like, it's kind of like what Gary Vayle says says all the time you like document you don't create. Like there's times where I will batch out my content and have it laid out for like a specific launch or whatever, but a lot of the times it's literally me just showing up as myself and whatever I'm doing and Be the content You've literally just got to like show your day to day. Like, you know what I mean? Show show that you hate leaf flowers.
0: I've been posting that a lot lately. The leaf flowers are <laughs> driving me crazy. And everybody's messaging me about. God, it. that is it's literally the most annoying thing when you're taking a meeting and someone outside is just blowing leaves like they don't care and you can't hear what only at ten a.m. like I'm going to go crazy.
1: But it's like it's like that kind of stuff, right? That's that's easy. That's easy for you to show up. You just be in yourself and you're just posting. So I think that's important. You're thinking too much about before you're posting. If, if you're having an issue with you know the social media aspect of it and everything, or post that you are like shit deep and work on the computer. I know we do all the time. Like, nope, today sucks. I'm on the computer all day and I hate it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you can just post those things and just continue to show up in that way. Because at the end of the day, whatever, no matter what you're doing, like we say all the time, they are buying you as a person. I get it. They're going to get their pull-up from me. Like they want to get their pull-up, but they're not buying the pull-up program for the pull-up. They're buying the pull-up program to do the pull-up program with me. Hmm. That's what's important. Um, so you have to show up and be yourself and do those things and show
0: your humanness. I really love what you're doing on social media right now. We actually did it in the studio before we started this (laughs) podcast. We brought a whole pull-up bar into the studio because you have what's called the hang challenge right now. Yes, And I love this because it's about you, but it's not about you. Like you are leading so many people in something that truly transformed your journey and helped you get your pull-up and helped what you've helped like over 5,000 women, 500 women do their pull-up. But this challenge is about other people doing this uncomfy thing they've never done before and sharing it with you. And you share almost everybody's stories that post their hang challenges. So you're starting a whole social media movement and balancing all of your business and stuff. I think this is a perfect example of how you don't have to show up on, on social media as a TV channel of just presenting your life, but creating connection and creating a space to work with the people that follow you and have them be a part of your journey. What are, do you have any success stories or just really passionate things you've seen some of your followers share? From just this hang challenge alone. Oh my god, so many things
1: from this hang challenge. Again, I don't even know some of them are doing it. Sometimes I actually started doing it for myself to get ready for Ninja Warrior. I'm like I'm just gonna hang every day for 30 days. I'm just gonna have fun with it. And then people started joining in. And then I'm like, shit, this actually might be a great opt-in. So I made an opt-in form. So now they're all opting in to do <laughs> it. This woman. Yeah. Now I'm like, all right, get the emails. Let's go. But what's cooler about that is they come in. I have a little community group. They're all posting their hangs in there. And every single day, my favorite part is looking in there and being like, this is like 65 year old woman, by the way. They're like posting wow, this is actually a lot easier today. And I'm like, yes, it is. And I feel like it's really exciting. Whatever it is that you want your opt-in, your community to be, give them really quick wins. Think about how easy it is a hang challenge. A hang challenge is literally going to take you 30 seconds, maybe every single day. And it's a quick win that they can do with you right then, right there. Sometimes people do like these long, crazy opt-ins, which can be, you know, good or whatever. But something like this builds that community because we literally are doing it together every single day. And I'll hang and talk about how it's hard or things along those lines. But I had a woman the other day who I had a call with and she was like, I, she's like, I never thought that a pull-up would be possible for me. She's like, I just started hanging I just listened to what you said. And I love how you said that you're just going to break it up into little bitty pieces. Like you're going to hang first, then maybe you're going to get a slight bend in the elbow, whatever. Um, and she said to me, she's like, that's when I clicked. Like I was thinking about going all the way up on this pull-up the whole time, but I, I just hang on the bar and start there. Like it will seem so much more possible. So giving the people around you those quick wins is something simple that you're doing with them because again I literally hang with them every day so we're all we're literally hanging out every day (laughs) which is great
0: yes
1: (laughs) we're hanging out every single day um I think is huge and when I saw that that was working and I saw that people were obsessed with it and into it I went all in on that Mm -hmm. that's also very important for your business every every business person if you're like trying to get somebody into whatever you're doing community wise and it's just not working you're like pulling teeth to get in might be the wrong one might be the wrong thing it wasn't until i literally was just like seeing that literally thousands of people were messaging can i hang too i want to hang too i want to hang every day i'm like all right this is it (laughs) like let's go all in on that and give somebody quick wins to show up but yeah the fact that they always message me all the time and they're just like angela like this little step helped me so much i also showed them how creating a habit and showing up for themselves with something very simple each day you can then habit stack so now they hang maybe you can say three things you're grateful for after Maybe you hang and you go drink a glass of water. You can now stack things onto that. So it wasn't just about the hang. So maybe your thing isn't a hang, but maybe your thing is something else. It's very simple that you can all show up to together. And that starts to build this community. People become obsessed with it. They share it with their friends. Like you said, your friend from
0: Vegas saw it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I literally, this kid I went to high school with posted himself hanging the other day. <laughs> and I was like, he knows Angela. He knows hang? Angela. This is cool.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I, lo- I love watching now too. All these people are posting dead hang, dead hang. I'm like, I did that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was me <laughs> i'm still doing it <laughs> oh
0: my god i'm hanging out at like midnight when i'm like shit i gotta fucking get up because I, I didn't want to miss it i love that and just the the two core things from this again is one building community around your business like community is so important and i feel like we just say it all the time and it can be annoying but the people that you surround yourself with are literally the most important part of your journey it's not about the journey it's not about the end result it's about the community that you have along the way and not just the people you have in your circle but you're now creating a community space for other people to have other people in their circle doing these hard things together they're all commenting like they're
1: doing the job for me like i go in there and i'm like i'm like you already commented on it but people
0: are like yeah great job
1: oh my god oh yeah angela told me to do this you should do it like that and i'm like (laughs)
0: exactly and you're leading with value like what you did by that hang challenge is literally just lead with value someone could come to your facebook or come to your instagram and not even buy into anything but still get so much value of the first step into reaching their pull-up which is a really hard thing for females to do sometimes
1: absolutely super hard for them to do
0: I love it. Okay, so where can somebody connect with you, find you, or join this hang challenge?
1: Yeah, so you can go to, for Instagram, it's at Angela underscore Gargano. I also love if you, like, listen to this podcast, send me a message. I want to hear, like, what your favorite takeaway was. Or, yeah, if you want to hang, I can send it to you. For all the free stuff that we have, you can just go to www.angela-gargano slash strong. So we put that on there for anybody who's doing, like, any podcast that I'm on. We have all the free stuff right there. So you've got the free hang challenge. You've got like a never miss a Monday thing, which is like a newsletter you get every Monday with the workout. And I just talk about my life. I go all in on like the good, the bad, the ugly. Sometimes people are like, damn, you shared that. I'm like, I shared that. I'm going to tell you how my <laughs> holiday was. And it was not great. <laughs> um, but so y- you can get a lot of different resources and things to help you. And like you said, just kind of connect. So um, we put everything on there. And yeah, don't be scared to message me because I'm still running my social media. Everyone's always like, is that you messaging me? I'm like, no, it's really neat. Like, who else is it going to (laughs) be?
0: I think that was literally my thought when I first met you at Squatch. I DM'd you afterwards and I was like, I think you're the girl that I saw today that I talked to. And I saw your profile. and I was like, man, she's probably not going to respond. And then you responded. And I was like, (gasps) I have a friend. (laughs) It's me. I'm on there. I love that. I love that. All right, Connectors. Today has been an action-packed episode with lots of stories and insights from Angela's journey, going from a small girl hanging out in Rhode Island to living in New York, launching multiple different programs, opening a gym, closing a gym, hitting rock bottom, learning about herself, falling in love with herself, inspiring many people to hang on social media, popping off, working with high-level brands. She is an incredible, incredible woman, and we are so honored to have her on our show today. So if you want to get connected with Angela, make sure to hop into those show notes, check out her profiles, follow her on the gram, send her a DM because she does answer those DMs herself, and get connected with her Hang out with her. Literally hang from a pull-up bar and get your pull-up with her. And, yeah, follow her story. <laughs> How'd I do? Hang out with her. <laughs> hang out with her. <laughs> Literally hang from a bar <laughs> with her. <laughs> safely. <laughs> safely. You know, safely. Thank you for listening to the Connector podcast, and we will see you all in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Connect Her podcast. We are your hosts, Sam and Rach. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to show your support, make sure to connect your friends with your favorite episode, leave a review, and download that favorite episode for later. And remember, you're always one connection away. We'll catch you in the next episode.